and I must keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome to episode 210 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jim, and in a little bit we'll be joined by Brandon, but he'll be going solo. We're going to do things a little different this week where I'm going to be talking about Thor and Maestro, and Brandon is going to be talking about Wolverine. But before we get into that, let me tell you all about where you can find us. You can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back. You can also go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where you can get reviews of each and every book each Wednesday. It comes out. That's the new comic book day. But also, on other days, get previews, news items, and things of that sort. We also have a YouTube channel when I get the chance to do videos, and that is Weird Science Comics with DC and Marvel videos there. We also have a Patreon where you can go and support us for all the things that we do, but also get a lot of shows as well, including today I did the Marvel solicits for November of 2020. I did my solicits podcast where I go through each solicit and talk about what I'm looking forward to and what I'm not looking forward to, but also each week. Each week on a Wednesday night, me and Brandon get together to talk two books that are picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep boop on the Patreon. You get to, if you are that level, you get to pick what we end up talking about on our Marvel Comics Patreon-only spotlight show. And this week, it looks as if it's a runaway for two books. It looks like we're going to be talking about Fantastic Four Antithesis Number One, the Mark Wade Neil Adams book, and also Daredevil Annual Number One, the Chip Starsky book that I so adore. But like I said, I'm going to be talking about Thor and Maestro. I'm going to start with Thor, Thor Number Six, and that is an issue that's written by Donnie Cates, art by Nick Klein. Colors by Matt Wilson and letters and designed by VC's Joe Sabino. It's the Devourer King Part 6, Herald of None. Thor recently became the all-father of Asgard, but he barely had time to settle into his new role before Galactus imbued him with the power cosmic so that he could help deal with a powerful threat. The Black Winter, a star plague that destroyed Galactus's original universe and is now coming to destroy this universe. To stop it, Galactus sought five planets with rare, rare energies to augment his power, Thor evacuated the inhabitants of the first four, but when they reached the fifth planet, they found the Black Winter already there. Desperate for the final burst of energy needed, Galactus immediately consumed the planet Cryo, murdering its citizens. Thor was furious, but focused his energy on fighting the Winter, until the Winter revealed its darkest secret. Yet, it has not come for Thor's world, but for Galactus himself. For Galactus, dot, 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 is the herald. Of the Black Winter. Oh, my God. How dare you? Oh, my. And really, what is going to end up happening in this issue is the fight with the Black Winter is going to be over. 
didn't really seem like it was that important. This was more about Galactus and Thor and then more about seeing a vision of the future that ends up being, you know, kind of cool if you're down with it. Uh, But we'll see what that is. And then you can kind of go with what you want to think by the end. But with this, this starts off months after time. It says later the fight is over. The Black Winter has been defeated. And you end up having Silver Surfer slash Black Surfer coming to talk to Thor and basically coming to him and saying, hey, what up? Uh, You know, there was a lot of reverberations through the galaxy here. Uh, Something big went down. And I'm here to talk to you because Lady Sif, she said that you've kind of been down and out. You've been on your own. You have ended up sequestering yourself away, not talking to anybody. And listen, I know how it is, buddy. I know how it is to hang with that Galactus. What a jerk, right? What a jerk. But I'm about the only one who would be able to talk to you about this. I'm the only one who knows what you went through. Thor basically says, you don't know crap. You have no idea what I went through. And it seems like Thor might have been drunk now for months from what he's seen, what ends up being this vision that we get at the end of this issue. And it's almost like, hey, man, what happened to you? What happened to me? You'd never guess. And then we see it. You know, we we get to see it. He's not going to tell Norm, but he's going to tell us, or at least we're going to peek in. Almost like we're hiding in the closet here I'm watching. But you end up having an issue that's pretty much filled with the idea that Thor, he promised that when things go down, when things are over with the Black Winter, that he was going to take it to the streets against Galactus. He's pretty pissed at Galactus for what he did with Takrayo and all that and, and promised him when we're done. I'm taking it to you. And that's kind of what we see at the end of this fight. And we had seen before, and it even says in that recap, that you end up having the Black Winter there pretty much to just retrieve Galactus, take him back to their deal. And then he's fine. He even says at one point when Thor said earlier in this arc, yo, Black Winter, you're not going to be able to destroy this universe. I'm protecting. We got a lot of guys here protecting and gals. And so you're not going to be able to do it. And he kind of laughed. And he's like, listen, you got some other things coming. There's other things showing up. No, I think he means, but they're going to take care of you. I don't need that nonsense. I'm just here for Galactus. I'm here for my lapdog. I'm heading back. I'm going to take him. Well, with that, Thor seems to decide, well, listen, I am going to punish Galactus, but also I'm not going to let Black Winter take anything from us. He's going to have to just, you know, deal. He's going to go back empty handed. Because what Thor ends up doing is taking the uh, cosmic, taking the power cosmic, as he did before from Galactus, and then just going ham on him, just turning it right on him and saying, I told you that I was going to get you, and I will. And with this, you end up having Galactus. Come on, Thor, me and you, you know, we're tag team partners here to go against this black winner. You need me as much as I need you. And, you know, come on, partners. No, we're not partners there, Galactus. I don't need you. I'll deal with the Black Winter. You won't survive the fight. I have no need for you. Save your power. If the Winter wants you, then I will have it. I'm going to take everything from you. I'm not going to allow 
the Black Winter. It's one of those things like, hey, I'm going to defeat the Black Winter by defeating you. So he really doesn't have anything left to get anyway. And then I'll just take care of him. And that's what you get. You pretty much have a huge deal where Thor just turns on Galactus and destroys him, says, I sentence you to death and just hits him full out with the power. And you even see Galactus withering away. I mean, he just looks like an old man, old man Galactus. They can have the book for, except he ends up dead. And even before he dies, he says, you have no idea what you have done now. With this, I is this a setup so that when Null does come, we can't just say, well, where's Galactus? He could help out. You know, he's he's down. Or is this to get Thor going? We'll see. But you end up then with the Black Winter saying, all right, you know, thank you. Because what Black Winter thinks at this point is, okay, Thor, Odin's son, has taken down Galactus so that Black Winter can retrieve him He still thinks that this is almost like for him Alright, thank you, now I don't have to fight Galactus, this will make it easier I'll just take him back, you know, thanks a lot Catch you later, smell you later buddy And Thor's like, oh no You're not taking him He says, you'll take nothing You're not going to take, you'll take nothing and like it And you end up having This whole deal where You know, Black Winter Says, you have a doomed universe Don't test me My fight isn't with you or this universe. It was just for Galactus. He's no use to you now. I'm taking him with me. Thor's like, nope, Galactus serves me yet. And it's almost like like the simplest trash talk where you end up having Black Winter. He has no use for it. Yeah, he does. What? No, no. You know, as what, a trophy, a slave? This is what Black Winter is saying. Uh, What would you have Galactus the world to serve you as, little god? Tell me. And you end up just having Thor just power up and says, oh, you want to know what he's going to be? Well, he is going to be a bomb. He's going to be a bomb to destroy you. I'm I'm not even going to let you go back. You know, you're not going back the same either and just goes and boom, you end up having the huge power cosmic just It just destroys everything. This huge crater as Thor comes out, he's back as just Thor. He pretty much, you know, went full out power cosmic, ends up defeating Black Winter, who's now just a flake of black snow and ends up saying, you know, you think you've won. You've you've won this little bit. But really, you didn't win anything. Your end cannot be stopped. It's coming for you. And I'm going to show you. You want to see what goes on? You want to see how you are going to die? Thor's like, yeah, yeah, I guess. And and we go. And this goes back to then the beginning where you end up having Silver Surfer and Thor talking. And it's pretty cool. You have this big giant where Galactus's helmet was is even like a bridge now and Asgard, all these things going on. And you have the Bifrost go right through that, the Rainbow Bridge. And you end up where, you know, Silver Surfer is like, well, what did you see then? Did you see your end? I mean, if he was going to let you see how, you know, you were going to die, everybody was going to die. Like, tell me, what was it? And Thor just kind of stares at him, and then we get the full page spread. And it is now, it's crazy. It's Thanos with pretty much the Molnir as the infinity hammer, all the stones in Molnir being held 
by Thanos as you see what appears all of the Marvel Universe heroes, villains, everybody behind them as zombies. And so that's a pretty crazy end right there, right? And then you end up pretty much where, you know, he doesn't tell Silver Surfer this. He doesn't tell the Surfer this at all. He's just like, I just saw darkness. I saw blackness. It was crazy. He says darkness and nothing more. You do see darkness, yes, but he didn't go and explain it in particular. But this ends it, and it, it, it feels big enough. I know some people went real nuts about it. I still... I'm not fully sold on the store book, and it's just me. It's just something that I haven't really been gaga for. But if you have been, I'm sure that you'll love this. Go on. But after all that to end with a vision of the, you know, it's almost just, okay, so we had the Black Winter, and it was just set up to get to, you know, the next Thanos story, which is one of Donny Cates' big things. I mean, this whole deal with Thanos and also we'll have to wait for that. And what's kind of lining up in my mind because that's this seems like it might end up being an event type deal down the line but you know we have to have no we're getting ten of swords we're finishing empire everything just seems to lead to the next event and i'm kind of fatigued by the events but for right now this is pretty big it has thor depressed he's got to get his groove back now but he has seen a vision of the future and a Thanos Molnir infinity hammer. Pretty cool. So overall, I'll give it an eight out of 10. I really like the art. I think Nick Klein's art has gotten better and better on this book as we gone on. And, just looks great and the the whole deal when you have galactus kind of withering away looks incredible and then that page with you know the whole deal with thanos the hammer and all the zombies looks pretty darn good as well but so eight out of ten if you are a fan of donny cates's thor run so far i I think you can even go up a point probably but i'm going to stay at eight now i'm going to take it over to or send it over to brandon who may or may not be drunk right now he is in Buffalo, so that's a very good possibility. Probably wing sauce all over his face, drinking, probably drinking like Budweiser or something. And he'll give us a little bit of Wolverine, and then I'll be back to talk about Maestro number one. Hey, what is up? This is Brandon. I'm coming at you guys with Wolverine number four. Kind of strange hearing me talk solo about the X-Men, but I'm going to give it a shot here. I have read all the issues of Wolverine. Uh, I do get a little lost when this, um, you know, solo book ventures too heavily into X-Men territory. But I think this uh, this issue in particular kind of distances itself away from that a little bit or far enough that uh, there, there's kind of other branches and connections uh, to things going on here that, that I've read and I, I, you know, connect to and, and kind of am a bigger fan of than uh, the things going on in the X-Men so far. So. We're going to get right into that here with Wolverine number four. I'm looking for the credits as I go through the book here. Uh, here we go. We're written by Benjamin Percy, art by Victor Bidanovich, uh, color artist by Matthew Wilson, and letterer is VC's Corey Pettit. So we start things off here, uh, kind of recapping and finishing what happened at the end of uh, issue number three, where Wolverine kind of took down that pollen lab. Uh, and he's reporting back to Krakoa at this point, and he's kind of coming to the Council of Mutants and, and having to answer for kind of going a little bit rogue here. Even though he got things done, they're not super thrilled with the way he went about doing it. 
Uh, you know, it's kind of classic Wolverine. You get, you, uh, you sign him up on your squad. Sometimes you deal with, uh, a little bit of rogue nature there. Uh, so, you know, that's what happened to take down the pollen lab, even though ultimately, uh, she did get away. Uh, it's solved for now. Um, you know, he tosses Magneto his helmet back, uh, which was one of the big reasons he was successful last issue. And, you know, in the, in the roundabout way, the big internet moment for this issue was Wolverine gives it back. Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, mentions not, not really a huge deal since at one point, you know, I, I did borrow your helmet, but you've ripped, you know, my adamantium lace bones from my, my skeleton. So let's call it even here. And he, even the, even the odds a little more in Wolverine's favor because, you know, not really square. If you, you line those t- things up next to each other, um, he, he, he took a nice long, probably bar P in Magneto's helmet there and probably stinks like Budweiser. Uh, so Magneto has to put that on, uh, you know, prior to finding that out and, and get some bad news as Wolverine walks out the room and we kind of get going with the main portion of this issue. Then we find out in one of these long, uh, you know, X-Men exploratory paragraphs, they throw throughout the issues that, that I've, you know, tuned into, um, that basically Wolverine lives here. He, he enjoys it, but he doesn't ultimately really trust it all the way. Uh, DTA don't trust anybody as, as Stone Cold Steve Austin once said, but, uh, you know, those are wor- words Wolverine lives by having lived, you know, a long life of betrayal and, and fighting and, and whatnot. But, um, he, he kind of has a secret little Krakoan portal that he, that he stashed away that I don't think anybody else knows about, but him and he used it to kind of take off to this dive bar and, and clear his head at points. Uh, and then this is a bar he, he frequents and goes to. So you don't really get much sense of danger off the bat as he's describing it. Just, you know, a bottom rail risky type bar and, uh, you know, just gross. Your, your lo- local neighborhood watering hole that everyone has, they probably were allowed into when they were 16, uh, never carted and, and drank away at. You know, we had a few of those uh, in my neck of the woods. Um, you know, I've probably been in three fights in my entire life that, that weren't with my brothers, uh, personally. And two of them were at said dive hole bar, local, local slash, uh, you know, scum joint we used to go to when we were young. So, you know, that, that's where he's at. He's in Buffalo here. It's snowy and everything to set the scene. And he, and he enters this, this place and he, he's having a couple beers and, so one dude doesn't like the music he's playing on the jukebox. This is one of the exact reasons we got into said argument where I'm from as well. Uh, instead of, you know, rap music, which is what the beef was where, where we were at Wolverine's playing some, uh, Hank Williams Jr., which is frowned upon in these parts of, of Canada, I guess. But anyway, <coughs> to show their displeasure with Wolverine, they, or this one guy in particular, not they really slap him upside the back of the head with a pool cue and starts all sort of a dust up Wolverine handles him with a headbutt, and the guy goes limping off to the bathroom to wash his face, adjust his nose, do what he's got to do. In the meantime, Wolverine starts trying to piece the other faces in the bar together. They're they're recognizable to him, but with, with his spotty memory and all, you know, he, he can't quite put the pieces of the puzzle in place where they need to be. Um, kind of interrupting his train of thought, uh, an, an officer uh, runs into the bar and, and kind of screaming about something that scared him out 
on the road a little bit back and, and how he's not running out there and nothing you can do to get him back out there. Um, so, you know, that's kind of setting the scene. There's something creepy going on here and uh, th- they get to chatting with the- these other creepy looking people. Now, now Bogdanovich, if you have a knock on his art, I personally enjoy his style a little bit, but it does, it is very reminiscent of, of Greg Capullo and, and the one character in particular's face will almost certainly remind you of like a Joker with no makeup face. Um, and, you know, he's just off the rails right off the bat when you see the first panel he's in. He's catching flies and eating them eventually. So so he's a little, he's a little whack job. The lady with only, you know, one or two teeth in her mouth is propositioning Wolverine. So, so it's not really a great place. And they did something to his drink in the meantime because Wolverine doesn't get drunk super easily. And, and he's feeling pretty woozy after only a couple so he heads off back to to the bathroom to try to straighten his thoughts out as well um as he gets in there you know he notices the guy that he headbutted earlier is stone cold now murdered uh and not really you know anything wolverine did he knows he has a spotty memory but it's not you know spotty as of five minutes ago spotty so uh he, he now knows something is up and and that's when things start going down uh, this cop walks into the bathroom, kind of catches Wolverine, seeing this dude dead on the on the can, basically, and he fires a trank into Wolverine's neck, and then that takes him out. So Wolverine comes to, he's chained up in a basement. As I mentioned earlier, you got the lady with, with two or three teeth in her mouth threatening to, to cut him up, uh, or they're trying to come up with a unique way to kill the Wolverine, because, you know, they they've the bartender says they've been scouting him since he's been coming here. They know who he is and now they're going to get rid of him. Uh, they're, they're basically going to put him in a deep freeze is, is the plan here of the day. Um, so, so that's kind of where they take them. They take them all chained up out to, uh, it looks like they're cutting a hole in the middle of the ice here uh, and about to drop them. Uh, that's when we get our first hints of kind of somebody in, in the background or, or larger things at play here as we see Omega Red. Uh, now, Omega Red, I know he's been accepted into Krakow, but he's also got those Russian ties and the Russians. Uh, from what little I've read uh, about it and know about the X-Men stuff going on now are, are one of those few nations that, you know, aren't really copacetic with the mutants there, so... What I do know and what I'm piecing together here from some of the twists and turns that are happening is some of these characters that are mutants and Russian have been more loyal to the Russian cause than the mutant cause, and that's that's exactly what's going down here. So Omega Red is kind of seizing his opportunity with Wolverine on the ropes, uh, kind of by these, these backwoods winter Canadian hicks, um, dropping him in, in the middle of the water, kind of putting him on the deep freeze. Uh, Omega Red comes. He kind of takes them all out. Uh, you know, the guys that, that put Wolverine in, in this precarious position uh, and kind of has his tentacles around Wolverine deep in the middle of this water as the issue concludes. And we see uh, a giant horde of Draculas ascending with Omega Red. So Omega Red is in with the Draculas, who's in with Russia because they're in Chernobyl. Um, you know, that's the last kind of bit of Dracula news I, I remember reading in, in the Marvel U. But, uh, yeah, this whole Krakoan betrayal of Wolverine by Omega Red to the Russians and the, and the Draculas who are kind of teaming up with the Russians 
uh, is the most interested I've been in the Wolverine book since uh, since issue one, when they kind of teased all this Dracula stuff was, was going to be happening and going to occur. Um, you know, I, I kind of, my complaint about issue one was I, I was a little bummed they introduced two stories uh, at first, and then we ended up kicking things off with, with that uh, pollen stuff and the petal stuff. And now that that's taken care of and we get this Dracula stuff set up, I'm actually really, really excited. Uh, to see where it goes and I'm pumped up for, for next issue. Um, I remember actually enjoying Victor Bigdanovich's art a little more than what, uh, is provided here in this issue, but it is still pretty good. I'd like to see a little more kind of Wolverine in costume. He was, he was out of it a lot, um, here in this issue. And, and the, maybe the one complaint about the writing, and it's kind of something I harp on all the time is even though I really enjoyed uh, the actual dialogue and the writing in this issue is it's just kind of a couple singular scenes where not much is happening. We get Wolverine returning from one mission and, and just setting up the reveal for who's behind and involved uh, as far as enemies go in, in the next thing he's going to be facing. So, I mean, that's what we get, uh, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, not a whole lot of progression, but enough to keep me interested and ready for, for issue five and, I don't know if this is collected in, in um, a five issue trade. I think you get a little bit of each story to, to decide if you want to uh, go forward or not. And I think that's kind of a, a good way to do it. So although I was a little down on, on where the story was headed at first, I'm, I'm definitely back on board here with this Dracula stuff. And well, Mega Red better be pulling Wolverine out of this water pretty quickly. And I don't want my boy drowning there been dealing with too much with uh, Sasha Banks taking L's lately. I, I can't handle Wolverine taking one right now either, but uh, we're going to move on to issue five and see what happens from there. If I had to give this a score, I'm going to give this an 8.5 uh, out of 10. I think that's the best score I've given a Wolverine issue so far. Um, I'm actually excited to see where, where the series goes Series goes from here. Um, it might, uh, I, I want to kind of go out on a limb and say it's, it's currently my favorite Marvel book I'm reading. Um, Right now, you know, after four or five issues, I, I won't say I hated the pollen stuff, but it, it just wasn't as intriguing as I thought it could be. But it was good enough. You know, it kept me on board until we got to where we needed to be, which is right now. And now I'm really excited. So uh, 8.5 out of 10. Strong story. Pretty good. art. I'd recommend this definitely to any Wolverine fan. And, and you know, you X-Men fans are reading it already. So, um, yeah, I'm signing off. This is all you're going to hear from me tonight. But uh, peace out, guys. And I will holler later all right and that was brandon who may or may not have been drunk i say may i say eh, a little column a column b if that's possible but i'm back to finish up the podcast with a book that i was looking forward to when it was announced i am not a big scholar when it comes to maestro or anything really hulk i'm learning as i go so i was Excited. I read a bit of The Future Imperfect. I know somebody's got, how can you read only a bit of that? It's because I'm lazy is why. And I was worried that maybe I wouldn't be able to get right into this. But I can because the start of this is not about Maestro, but how the Hulk turned into Maestro. And with this, it's very much Matrix meets Truman Show, if you've seen that as well. And That kind of intrigues me, and I like the way it progresses. Plus, we get to see a villain who's not that villainous here, 
but a villain that I always get a kick up when we see it. But it is Maestro number one of five, written by Peter David, art by Herman Peralta, not Jake, it's Herman. Color artist, Jesus Urbatov. Opening scene artist, Adele Keown. And opening scene color artist, Jason Keith. Letters by VCs, Ariana Mayer. And if you don't know, an explosion of experimental gamma energy turned scientist Bruce Banner into the superhero known as the Hulk, one of the strongest beings in the universe. The Hulk once traveled to the future, met his older self, a despotic ruler who goes by the name of Maestro. We know what turned Bruce Banner into the Hulk, but what turned the Hulk into Maestro? And we're going to see. Hey there, buddy. And we're going to see it through a crazy deal. It's Symphony and a Gamma Key, Part 1 Overture. And we start off with the Hulk having a grand old time. He is there with his buddies, the Avengers, including Wolverine. You end up having Thor, Cap. You have all the classics there, and they're punching the crap out of a Sentinel. They end up shaking hands. They're loving it. Everybody's there. Yeah, Betty come up. Hey, hey there, Hulk. Let's go home and have dinner with the family. And they go back. They're at the Avengers Mansion. They're having dinner. It's Betty, Hulk, and their sons, Thaddeus and Rick. And while... They're running around having a grand old time. You end up having the kids there. You know, hey, Betty says, hey, calm down. They're like, we don't have to listen to you. You're dead. And then Hulk's like, what? What happened there? And it's kind of a glitch. This is a glitch in the Matrix. This is something that ends up kind of setting Betty, who is not really Betty Kind of in a loop here where she keeps mentioning the mashed potatoes and the meatloaf. Sounds great to me, but Hulk doesn't want to hear this. Things aren't working out. Things are crashing down around him as she then reboots and says HTTP 404. He's like, what the heck does that mean? Ends up grabbing her. I don't, and a bad command or file name, bad command or file name. And you end up, Hulk, you lose your mind. An error has been encountered and the program needs to close. Sorry for the inconvenience. Boom. Dead black. The computer program that seems to be, if you can figure that out, it seems to be there to make the Hulk complacent, kind of like the Matrix. It does shut down. As Cap comes out and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And this is where it gets Truman Show-esque to me, if you've seen that, where Cap comes out as the best friend and says, whoa, whoa. I think that this is Mysterio messing with us. I think that right now Mysterio is, he's got you. And things will get better. I mean, I think that we can defeat him. We can defeat, all right, here we go. Boom. All of a sudden, everything ends up resetting. Yeah, Betty, that was exciting. And the kids, let's do it again. And you end up kept, there we go. Okay, Bruce, just sit down, have your dinner. This will be great. Well, the problem is you end up having Betty repeat exactly what she did before. And this throws Hulk off again and says, you know, just shut up. She's like, we have meatloaf and mashed potatoes, which I love, especially with gravy and that. Oh, my. But, yeah, Hulk doesn't want to hear that. He says, I'm getting out of here. I need some air. Where Cap's like, whoa, 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 stay here. We need to talk. Everybody's trying to stop him. And then you have Betty. We have meatloaf and mashed potatoes. Well, he opens the door. And this is where he breaks out of the Matrix, where he ends up in a control room type deal and says, boy, if this is Mysterio, 
He's really upped his game. This doesn't make sense. And then, boom, he's in Avengers Mansion again with all the Avengers around, including Black Widow, who's going to go all movie-esque and say, the sun's getting real low, big guy. What the hell do you – what is that? What are you talking about? And Cap again starts, settle down, Bruce. I know it's confusing. And you end up with – you were – I left you behind. How are you here? Something's wrong. I don't understand And he says, you know, screw it, I'm out of here. Thor tries to stop him. He throws Thor down. The Avengers then go after Thor says, get him. Uh, Try to stop him. He ends up doing the thunder clap and thoom. Everybody gets knocked back except Vision, who's there. That ends up going immaterial. So then Vision comes up and says, I apologize for this, Bruce, but I'm going to have to do a little brain salad surgery here. Puts his hand into Hulk's head. And at that point, Hulk ends up grabbing him and squeezing his arm, which then breaks him out of this whole matrix where we see what's really going on. You end up seeing a younger, but you see the maestro deal. He has a beard, long, greasy hair, and he breaks out of a tube that he's in with a bunch of wires connected. He falls down and is like, what the heck is going on? An alarm is sent off where then you see. A woman and a kid The kid looks like the kid Rick His son Rick that was in this whole deal The woman seems They seem to be playing the parts Of some of these things in there And you know you end up Having Hulk freak out Push this woman down Where Rick, his son Rick Starts like oh you you hurt my mom I'm gonna get you It's like whoa 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 Rick Stop you're my son No 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 this is the lady's son Terry Terry is his name, not Rick. And now all hell is breaking loose. As you see, AIM soldiers come out. They end up pretty much putting their guns out saying, you know, we're going to take you down. You better stop. You know, this is your last chance. And you end up having Hulk just get pissed. And like, you keep boasting. You guys can't hurt me. This is nonsense. They do kind of hurt him. They end up shooting him. He does get hurt. But in the meantime, he busts through a door and ends up finding two more characters in tubes. He ends up finding Vapor and the Abomination as the AIM soldiers keep coming and keep firing at him. Finally, you get to see who's kind of controlling most of this. And it's MODOK. But you really see... The time frame, the time that has passed Because Modog is old He looks real old And he comes in and basically says And he says he looks like he's aged A hundred years And so Hulk wants to know what's going on And Modok and, and in a weird sort of dialogue Modok says, hey, you remember me, Modok Mental organism designed only for killing Always makes me giggle Hulk says, oh, I'm Hulk has unusually large kidneys. I'm like, why, why do you have to do that? You know, he's like, ah, oh, I should have said knuckles. But with all this going on, it's more of let's try to figure out what happened. Let's see what the deal is. You end up having Hulk attack Modoc because, you know, where's my family? Where's Rick Jones? Where's Betty? Where's everybody? Oh, they're dead. You know, what? And he just freaks out. He thinks Modoc did this. I mean, it's the first person he's seen here, so he's assuming, okay, Modoc, he's going to capture me, killed everybody else. But that's not what happened. He ends up explaining what happened. They killed everybody. And they is the grand they, governments, everybody that you end up blaming. They always do that. They do this. Well, 
the governments of the world ended up getting all wacky and just pretty much nuclear war. World War Three happened and destroyed everything. And you see that a group, the Black Sith, was involved where they kind of, you know, as a terrorist group, ended up blowing up two nuclear bombs, U.S., Moscow, and then went and said, hey, hey, Russians. It was the U.S. that started it, right? So then they get mad. And, hey, hey, U.S., it was the Russians. And now we're just having nuclear war going back and forth with this group also releasing a crazy gas in major cities to kill humanity. The big thing is to bring humanity down. Now, with that, you ended up having Modoc and AIM seize all of the characters that, you know, can deal with gamma radiation, cosmic rays, and the like, and end up being able to store them. Hulk, Abomination, uh, you know, and all these things, Vapor, all that going on. And so they have to figure out, you know, we're going to repopulate later. It's going to take about 27 years to do so, but we're going to be able to do it. We just have to wait it out. I know I look old already, but we can wait a little bit more. Hulk doesn't want to wait. He busts out. He he may not even, you know, think that Modoc's telling the truth, but he busts out into New York City. It's destroyed. It, it is a nuclear wasteland. Everybody's dead. And actually, this appears to be L.A. I'm sorry, because he ends up going to the Hollywood sign, the big Hollywood Hills, where he is talking a little Modoc. Modoc says, we just have to wait it out. We can wait it out. The radiation will go down. It'll decrease. Then we can leave the shelter. We can end up doing some things, but we better get down below. We better get back down there right now. Eh, what does Hulk care about radiation, really? So he ends up just being pissed. He beats the crap out of the Hollywood sign to make it the Hulk sign and says, screw that. I'm not going back anymore. You know, I don't need any of this nonsense. I'm going full out Hulk. I don't need Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner's friends are dead. Everybody knew is dead. I'm Hulk. Hulk only, I'm going off to beat the crap out of the sign to make it say Hulk, and we'll see what the future brings. Now, kind of know what it brings eventually, but this was a pretty good start. It's intriguing. I like the way it plays out, makes it, you know, kind of a mystery at first, even though we know what we're going to get to at the end. It's a tough thing to write a story where you know the ending already. So you have to have twists and turns along. Had enough, and I like the way it played out. Like I said, I'm a big fan of both The Matrix and The Truman Show, and that's what it really felt like to me. And I like seeing Modoc, an old Modoc. He, he looks so sad. Yeah, at one point, you end up having Hulk just beating the crap out of Modoc, and Modoc's like, please kill me. I just want to end it. But with that, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I think it's a good start. It's intriguing. I'm going to continue with it. So. At least you know I like it enough for that. But I'd like to hear what everybody else thought of all these books, Thor, Wolverine, and Maestro. So let me know. But with that, I'm going to bid you adieu. And I'll say goodbye for Brandon as well, because he is probably right now asleep. It's a little later now. He's probably asleep, getting ready. Dreams of sugar plums going through his head. But thanks, everybody, for listening. And... I will talk to you later.